Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Let's go to the Word of God together. Just hang in, get hungry, get out your notepad, your, your stylus for your smart device. And uh, let's dig into the Word of God together tonight. I want to speak to you on the prospering soul. Third epistle of John, verse 2. So 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I'm going to read that again because if you had told me before I gave my life to Christ that a verse like this was in the Bible, I would have probably told you, you're crazy, that can't be so. I could not have imagined that the God of the church I knew and came from actually would have a verse that addressed that where he says, I want you to prosper. I want you to be blessed. So let me read it to you again. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now get this here because this is what the Scripture is saying. Watch it and read it. It says that the level of my outside life rises or falls to the level of my soul. In other words, that I will prosper or be in health. It says, just as your soul prospers. Many people see things that they like. Many people are even able to catch a glimpse of it and maybe touch it for a moment. Remember Peter walking on the water He was in supernatural miracle, but only for a short period of time. He hadn't grown and he couldn't stay there because his soul hadn't grown to the strength that allowed him to hang on and hold on and to stand on a new level. And I've watched this over the years with people where perhaps their skill level entitled them to the position, but their insecurity drags them back to a place of comfort or safety, takes them back. They were able to catch hold of it for a brief period of time, but they couldn't stay there in their life. I met many people with a dream to help others, but the fear of failing stops them even getting started with the dream. It's not, the problem is not their their skill level. The problem is not their ability to see the dream or even to believe that it's possible or necessary. But their problem is more than that. Their problem is that something in their soul. And I want you to hear this tonight because I believe that God wants to do something profound for each one of you that's here tonight. God wants to help you. Listen to me, because the the level of the prospering of your soul makes a profound impact in how much God is able to use you and release you in life. Romans chapter 6 and verse 16 is a great verse. Again, I'm going to linger on some of these because these have been foundational verses for me through my Christian life. I remember this one so well because it's what we would call in our everyday language, we call it the law of habit. Most of you would be aware that a whole lot of your thinking processes 
are just habit. They're not supernatural. They're not the devil. They're not angels. They're not even God. They're just simply your habit of doing it. Many people's intimidation, low self-esteem has just been a habit. Oh, there was a start to it. There may have even been a, a, a very distressing thing that commenced it, that started it off. But give them time and it becomes a habit of thinking in a way of fear for many people has become a habit. Worry or anxiety can, I'm not saying just a habit, as though somehow or other you could dismiss it easily. I'm not minimising the hold that it can have on people's lives, but I'm saying that after a while it can become a habit. Romans 6 and verse 16 says this. Uh, it says, Don't you know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin under death or of obedience leading to righteousness. In other words, it's saying that habit patterns in our character make us slaves of what we submit to. In other words, if I keep submitting to worry, then worry starts to rule my life. It no longer is something that I play with or that I just look at. After a while, it begins to call the shots in my life and begins to govern my life. It's the law of habit. It's in the Bible. Now, you might say, well, my goodness, Jeff, you don't understand. My mother was a warrior and my, my dad was full of anxiety and PTSD and out of the war and all kinds of stuff. And no wonder I'm like I am. But here's the good news from out of Romans 6 verse 16. The good news is if it's become a bad habit, then equally I can start building a good habit in my life. In other words, I don't have to have some kind of amazing, you know, visitation to make change. It means I can start making change today. Over the years, I've counselled a number of people who have fallen into a level of brokenness in their emotions or their mind. And uh, I just started doing this. Uh, now there are books about it and there have been studies where I was listening to a podcast only the other day from a couple of psychologists who were actually talking about this is now a recommended method for people that are plagued with, you know, depression or, and I'm not talking about ones that are physiological, but where they need to change some of the mental habits. And I used to say to people, every night before you go to bed, you need to strengthen what I call the hope muscle. It's my language for it. I said there's like a muscle in your soul, a muscle of hope. And if you don't use any muscle of your body, it atrophies, it weakens and you lose strength. But the muscle that grows the most is the one you exercise the most. And so I'd say every night before you go to sleep, I want you to do this. I want you to lay there and think to yourself about three things today that you're grateful for. Doesn't have to be amazing. Doesn't have to be I got a new job or some amazing thing happened. Can be something as simple as that conversation with that person. Can be something as easy as, you know, someone smiled. It doesn't have to be great. Find three things and then find one thing that tomorrow you're going to look forward to. 
And they usually look at me like, Jeff, that's just so insignificant. But I say, do it every day. And next time we meet together and we pray, I'm going to ask you how you go with that. And you know what I've discovered is that after a while, those people, their countenance changes, something starts happening. Now, I'm not a psychologist and you don't want to come to me for uh, psychology. That, I'm not trying to be that. But I am trying to say to you, the Bible gives us some pretty powerful things that we can do in our life to bring change to our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will and our emotions. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing. The word there means to renovate. When you renovate, you change what's in that space. And it says, be transformed by the renovating of your mind that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word prove there, I'm not trying to be technical, but the word prove doesn't mean like a proof of facts. It means to prove by experience. So let me say it to you again. It says, don't be conformed to this world, its way of thinking, but be transformed by changing the way you think so that experientially you will be able to demonstrate the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. You'll be on the journey of the good will of God, the acceptable will of God, the perfect will of God for your life. Something's going to happen to you. So I want to open up the Word with you tonight and speak to you about the prospering soul. What do you do if you are here and you go, Jeff, my life is stuck. Jeff, I'm facing all these issues right now. I know that there are people, I felt this in the service tonight, because you know the Holy Spirit's a part of our worship. He doesn't come in at ministry time or when we open up the Word of God. He's here with us right from the start. And I know that there are people and you're, you just are really worried about loved ones. You've got family that are in other countries of the world and you are feeling the powerlessness and the hopelessness of how do I help them? Maybe they're in other states of Australia, but all I know is they're people that you can't go to right now. And you're concerned there's stories coming out and they're telling you about this one that's got this and this is happening and you feel powerless. And the problem can be not even the problem, but what it starts doing to you. You start losing sleep. You start thinking about it obsessively. You can't get past it. I want to help you tonight to say, I'm going to start building a prospering soul so that my life can lift. You know, but it's not just about do you have problems. I've got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not in that category right now. That's not my life. And I'm sure a lot of you that are part of this service are saying, I'm going great. Thank you very much. I talk to people in this church who tell me their business is booming. I see someone down here, beautiful Julia, just got a brand new job coming from England out of isolation. Got a brand, she's a radiographer and she's just got a new job this week. Starts tomorrow morning, half past six, getting on the train to go up there. And then sometime later in the week, she'll figure out how to go up there with her new car. And if you ask her, how's life going? Her beautiful little niece that she hasn't seen yet is arriving in a few weeks' time. Go and ask her how good life is. She goes, it's awesome. Fantastic. Just signed up for Metro Kids and part of the team there with that. So it's not always about that. 
uh, do I have a problem? Sometimes it's just about, I want my life to rise. And I know that for my life to rise bigger than it is, I need my soul to be prospering. Amen. So whichever one of those two places you're at, here it comes for you. Ready? Here's the first thing. These may surprise you. These are what I believe are the four characteristics of a prospering soul. Number one is creativity. Why do I say that? It's because a prospering soul is a soul, a mind that's open to possibility. Jesus spoke about faith and about possibility and about vision at the most ridiculous times. There's a man whose son is absolutely tormented. This is Mark's Gospel, chapter 9. He's brought his son to the disciples, but the disciples aren't able to fix the problem. The man is getting more. He thought they'd be the answer, but now they're not the answer. Jesus comes down, sees the crowd and the hubbub going on, comes up and says, what's the matter? The man jumps in before anyone says anything and says, Master, I brought my son. He's tormented. I brought him to the disciples. They couldn't help him. And, but, and the man says, but if you can do anything, please help us. And listen to what Jesus says. He doesn't say, oh, you poor thing. Oh, that's really sad. Oh, I'm just really concerned. Oh, man, my heart goes out to you. Let's sit down and talk about it. Jesus says this, Mark 9, 23, it's a pretty crazy verse. He's, Jesus said to him, all things are possible to him that believes. I almost feel like sometimes Jesus is not giving us sympathy when that's what we're used to getting. And sometimes that's what our soul wants. We want someone to feel sorry for us. And instead of that, Jesus goes, no, this isn't your answer. He says, I want you to start thinking, about what's possible. This man has lived with it for so long. The boy, it's not a baby. He's a boy. He's had years of this. And the father's gotten so used to it that he now begins to think, you know what? It's going to be like this forever. And I know people whose life has been constricted and restricted by stuff in their world. And all of a sudden, God turns up and says, I want you to start dreaming of change. I want you to start believing it's possible. I hope you're getting this tonight. I, I never preach sermons. I just deliver a measure of truth that can transform, but allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about it. What are the areas of your life that you have kind of put in the back room, you've shut the door, you just never look because it's just too hard? You just think, well, I've been disappointed so many times. That man was disappointed, but he comes to Jesus and Jesus doesn't talk to him about his past. He says, I want you to start thinking about what's possible. Do you not find that challenging? Because I sure do. I find that every day of my life, the Holy Spirit says, this is what can be. This is what's possible. In this whole last six months, if I showed you my journaling through that time, when I've spent time with God in prayer, almost every page, it's, I don't know how many pages I'm up to now typed, but it's a lot. And I go back and I read again and again, a week apart. It's almost like the Holy Spirit keeps saying, vision, 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 vision. Start seeing what's possible. Don't look at the restriction and what's impossible. 
Start dreaming. So being creative is actually a part of having a prosperous soul. So many people give up before they even begin because they don't have a prospering soul. Are you facing difficulty right now? I really feel like I'm talking to some people here tonight and God is saying, I'm just going to keep it going. I was about to move on, but I feel like God wants some of you to really get this because where you have given up or, and you've just gone, well, you know, I just learned to live with it. Well, after all, the doctor said, or after all, they told me at school or mum or dad or whatever, my ex-husband, my, you know, whatever, they said this, I've been told this. Come on, I believe tonight the Holy Spirit really wants to get to some of you and go, come on, have a, start prospering in your soul. Start imagining that God is going to help you. Start believing that's not positive thinking. It's a prospering soul. Don't give up like the people did in Numbers 13, the 12 spies, 10 of whom said we aren't able, but they'd never tried. Let's be like the two who said we're able before they'd even tried. That's the part we often miss in Numbers 13. We focus on the 10 who gave up without even trying, but there were two who'd never tried either and they were willing to start. Let's be like them. Here's the second thing that I believe is part of a prospering soul is abundance. You say, why is that? Well, because every part of Scripture that I know tells me that God is the God of more. One verse for you, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18 says this, but the path of the just, that's the people of God, is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Now, it's implied in there that it keeps on shining more and more until the day of perfection. And you're not there yet, neither am I. What is not apparent in the English part of that, because we have no way to translate this verb, it's what's called in the, in the Hebrew, the present continuous tense. It's in the Greek as well. We don't have it in our language. It simply means that it goes on and on and on and on without ending. We don't have a way to say that apart from my explanation to you then. So that verse there says, for believers, this is the path. You go on and on. I do not believe in getting decrepit. No, I believe people do. I just don't believe that's where my life's going to go. And you might go, well, you know, that's fine. Come back in 30 years. I go, yeah, let's see. I'll read about Moses who was 120 and he still had strength and vigor. I believe I look at Caleb who was 85 and he said, give me this mountain. So I look at all of you and go, none of you are past that yet. You've got plenty of room to go. Amen. So let's believe for that in our life, that there's always more, no matter how much you know, there's always more that God can bring you. No matter how much you've experienced, God is able to give you more. Let me give you the last two. They're, they're pretty cool. Here's the third one that's part of a prospering soul. Again, I told you, these are not things that perhaps you might have thought of as part of that. You might have thought a prospering soul is a I can and I'm amazing. Well, I don't think so. I think a prospering soul is one that's got to focus on journey. The word prosper in 3 John 2, 
I looked it up. I looked it up because, again, I felt like the Lord said, you know, prompt me on that. And it literally means, get this, I never knew this until this week. It means to help along the road. It doesn't mean uh, 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 an amount in your bank account. It doesn't mean that you get to a place of security financially. It means this, that you are able to receive and to give help along a journey. Psalm 84 verse 5 says, Blessed is the man or woman whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, not arriving, but on journey. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which means weeping, they make it a spring. In other words, they turn something that's about tears into a fountain that gives life to others. The rain also covers it with pools. Watch this, same thought. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion or His presence. In other words, it's someone who says, I'm not there yet, but it's okay, I'm on the journey. Can we just stop for a minute and thank God for His grace that He's not there tapping His foot saying, what kept you? What's the matter with you? Why aren't you there yet? But can we just stop and thank God for a minute that He's a God who goes, you know what? I know you're not there yet, but you're further than you used to be. Amen? Is that okay? Can we just go, Lord, I'm grateful that I'm not where I used to be. Amen? You know, I was talking to a young man this morning who's planning to start one of our Metro Church online connect groups. And he was saying, I'm just not sure I know enough. I said to him, guess what? You don't, but neither do I. And he looked at me and he said, really? I go, hello. I said, I read the Bible every day. And I'm forever reading it going, I'm sure that wasn't there last year. I, I don't remember it saying that. You know, I didn't know that that thing was there, that verse was there. Sometimes in some of the strangest places, and you start discovering. And I said, all of us, and he looked at me and he said, really? I think he thought that if you'd been a Christian for a few years, you kind of knew everything. I go, nah, not even close, man. We're all on the journey of learning. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But if I keep on going, I'll get there. I love Psalm 23, as lots of you know. You know, I love that story and the verses there, I love verse 4, where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. I love it because verse 5 and 6 lie on the other side of it, but you'll never know it if you don't keep going through verse 4. Look, I remember uh, verse 1, 2, and 3, because it starts off, The Lord is my shepherd. Who doesn't want that? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside the still waters, He restores my soul. And we love that. And we go, oh, that's the most beautiful place. And then verse 4 comes up and smacks you in the side of the head where it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, for I'll, you know, but I'll fear no evil. And we're going, hello. And can I say to you that 99% of Christians want to go back, not forward. They want to find reverse gear because they're in the valley of the shadow of death. And, and I don't care whether I fear no evil. It's not a nice place, even if you're not fearing. Lord, even if you're there and you're riding your staff, I don't know who Rod is and I don't know who's on the staff, but I tell you what, I still don't want to be there. 
I want to get out of there. I want to get out of there. And most, isn't that true? Most of us want to, we find reverse gears so fast. We want to go back. Why? Because back there was nice. When you read verse 5 and 6, you spread a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you know what my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You realise that verse 5 and 6 is far, far better than verse 1, 2 and 3. But you'll never get verse 5 and 6 unless in verse 4 you keep on going. Here's the last one. Are you ready? So we've got creativity. We've got abundance. How are you doing in your checkup? from the neck up. How you going with your prospering soul? How many people here are going, man, I'm nailing this. I'm smashing this out of the park. I am like, hello, I'm Olympic gold on these. How many of you are going, I'm a weekend jogger and I need to get in shape? Here's the last one. You'll love this one then. It's endurance. Let me read to you Third John verse 2 again in the New Living Translation. It says, dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. The people I admire the most in life, believe it or not, are not the people who are successful in the sense that they seem to have it all. The people I really admire the most are the ones who face difficulty and keep on going. I was talking to a couple in our church this week who years ago, just encountered a profound obstacle. I was chatting to them because their eldest daughter just this week had a major operation and, and what a journey. And I found myself kind of tearing up when I said to them, I said, you're my heroes, you know. And they said, really? I go, yeah. Because I remember the early days when all the pressure was there and everybody wanted to get you to quit throwing the towel, give up, don't even try, but you kept on going. There's something I believe that's godly about a spirit of endurance. There's something great about saying, Lord, I don't want to quit because see, I'm always, I'm not frightened of missing out on anything else but God's best. And I know that were I to give up, what if that just around the corner was that miracle that I'd been waiting for? What if tomorrow's the day or next week? I, you might go, oh, Jeff, that's a little bit simplistic, isn't it? I go, yeah, but sometimes life with God is. He's the God who says your path is going to be like the shining sun. It gets brighter and brighter and brighter in Jesus' name. Look, I pray that that'll help you, just give you something to chew on for the week. As you start praying and saying, God, would you help my soul prosper? I challenge you this week when you encounter uh, an obstacle, start saying, this is the time I need to begin exercising my creativity muscle, my abundance muscle, that there's more in God. I need to start exercising the journey part of my thinking. God, I'm going to endure and I'm going to keep on going in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so good. He really is. And I'm thrilled. You know, most people, I think, think the churches are populated with people that 
kind of either were born into it or else somehow or other we're just doing, well, I've met people who think, you know, you've all got it together. I've met other people who think churches are full of people that are, you know, need a crutch. And I go, the truth is we're none of them. The truth is we're all people that have encountered Christ or are in that space where we're saying yes to Christ. And out of that, we've begun a journey with God where He begins working on the inside of us. I guess that's one of the reasons I love Revelation 3 verse 20. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Listen to what He says. Anyone hears His voice that opens the door, He said this, I will come in. He never said, I'll visit. I don't want a visitation. I want someone to indwell. And that's what He says He'll do. I'm going to pray in a minute. Pray for people and with people because I know lots of you will be challenged by the message and starting to go, God, will you help me develop a prospering soul? Maybe all of your life up to now, it's been the opposite kind of training. Maybe what you got at home or maybe what you got from the group of friends you have. Maybe everything, social media can be one of those things that trains us in everything wrong. We see everybody else with a great life and all it says to us is that we don't have that. That's why walking with Jesus every day will change your life. If you need to say yes to Christ, it's so easy. Text yes if you're in Australia, 0488826392. If you'd rather get the help we give every day, if it's on one screen of a smartphone, it's a one Bible verse, you can read that, it'll apply to you. A prayer that we've written and put there so you can pray it. It's different, of course, every day. But if you'll do that, it'll start helping you to get started on a journey with God. You go, do I need that? Well, many people find it so incredibly helpful. If you're outside of Australia, we can't send that to you. Obviously, it's not possible. But you could go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. You could simply give us your yes there. And we'll send it to you every day via email. There's actually so many mini-series that follow the first 30 days that you could go for a year and a half every day like a daily devotional. It's pretty incredible. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I know that there are people that are part of this service either in the building in front of me here. They're a part of this service online. And their heart cries out for you. They've wanted to believe, Lord, that you were there. They've asked sometimes, shouted at the sky, where are you, God, are you there? And Lord, tonight you're absolutely saying to them, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. No matter who you are, Maybe right now you're that person and your partner's left you. You're all alone. You're going, what on earth am I meant to do now? But there's a Jesus who wants to come into your life and start turning it around, wants to start changing it. You just lost your job. You go, what do I do now? And there's a Jesus who wants to come into your life and begin turning it around. He's the master. He's the commander. He's the Lord. He'll do that.
just say your yes. Father, help them right now, wherever they are. Lord, I know that I'm speaking to people, not cameras. I'm speaking to someone who right now is in that place. And as the tears roll down their face, they say their yes to you. I pray, God, that you will make your presence so real to them. Let them know that you've received them. Their yes has been echoed by your yes. Yes, they're your child. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 0488826392 and yes.metrochurch.org.au We just would be delighted to be able to be a part of your journey. Listen, if there's any other needs that are in your life, you'd like us to be praying for them, go to our Metro Church app. We haven't mentioned it much lately. It's just one of the great ways, wherever you are, to be able to enlist a team of people that pray. You can log your prayer request and get sent out out of those people and they start praying straight away for whatever needs you have in your life. Uh, Pastor Bruce and Solomon, they're going to be ready just as we finish with worship. They're going to be ready to... Uh, pray with any of you that have needs. Pastor Ray's here in the building as well if you'd like prayer. Amen.